Welcome to the Plan for Special Needs Trusts podcast, presented by PLAN, the planned lifetime assistance network of Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Our plan is your plan. Hello there, I'm Jordan Rich. PLAN retains two highly experienced legal counselors to make sure that PLAN provides beneficiaries, families, and their attorneys and financial advisors with expert guidance. We're thrilled to welcome one of the attorneys today. Her name is Michelle LaPointe. Michelle is a partner at Wade Horowitz LaPointe and Days in Brookline, Massachusetts, a law firm that does specialize in estate planning, elder law, disability planning, and related issues. Michelle, welcome. Nice to have you here, and thank you for all you do with Plan of Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Let's talk about your role as an attorney helping the folks at Plan. I am an attorney in private practice. I'm an elder law attorney, and uh, I have been counseled to plan since 2007. Um, In my private practice, I work mostly with elderly folks who are uh, on benefits or looking to make sure that they're situated to uh, maintain eligibility for benefits if they need them. And I also work with folks on estate planning. So that gives me some familiarity with both sides of the coin. I understand how to set up a trust and how to administer a trust. And I also understand uh, which what what's at stake with regard to benefits and how to make sure that eligibility stays in place. Okay. So you're very familiar with how plan works and they are very happy to have you on board. Thank you so much for joining us today. So let's talk a little bit about the process of setting up a special needs trust. Is it very complicated? People are a little fearful of things like this. Should they be? I don't think so. I think it's it's pretty straightforward and the plan staff are very knowledgeable and patient and helpful about guiding folks through the process. Um, and I'm always available to help if any legal issues arise during that process. Anyone can set up a trust, am I right? Absolutely. Anyone can set up any kind of trust. And with pooled trust specifically, the only real threshold is that they have to be disabled. And let's talk about the significance of a pooled trust that gives, explain a pooled trust in clear terms for me. Perhaps if Jordan, if you and I were both disabled and we entered the pooled trust at Plan of Massachusetts, our funds may be pooled together for investment purposes, but you and I would would each have our separate accounts. So if a distribution is made for my benefit, it comes out of my trust and it doesn't impact yours. Which makes you feel very comfortable when you know your money's invested in such a vehicle. Exactly. Because there's so much there, they're able to really get a lot of bang for their buck and, and um, invest wisely and, and get pretty good returns. Now, there are first-party trusts and third-party trusts. Let's define the difference if we can, Michelle. A first-party trust is a trust that's established with my money. And a third-party trust is a trust that's established voluntarily by someone else for me. So perhaps a parent, a grandparent, something like that. Let's define how a typical meeting might go. Sure. So uh, maybe starting with a first-party trust, someone might come in my door and they're uh, looking to get onto Medicaid benefits in order to help pay for home care services at home um, because maybe they need a little bit of extra help um, with medical services or even just you know day-to-day issues getting around the house and coping with a disability. Uh, the Generally, the asset limit for programs like that is $2,000. Maybe that person has just $20,000, and $20,000 isn't going to get you very far paying privately for services. So we might agree, hey, let's put 
$18,000 into this trust, get you onto Medicaid to get you some home care services, and then you can use the funds in the trust in order to pay privately for some supplemental mm. care and really get all as many hours as possible. So in other words, lots of options depending on the situation. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Now, one of the important issues we wanted to talk with you about are the guidelines that need to be followed. And there's something, an acronym called POMS, P-O-M-S, define what that is and also why it's so important, Michelle. Sure. Um, the, the I would say the three types of benefits that we're juggling to try and uh, maintain when folks enter a pooled trust are um, SSI, Medicaid benefits, and housing benefits. And of all of them, SSI is really the biggest maze. And SSI, uh, the employees at Social Security, which is the agency that administers SSI benefits, operate by uh, by the rules under the POMS, which is uh, the acronym means the Program Operations Manual System. So it's really the manual that their caseworkers use to determine whether I'm following all the rules or not. Something you're familiar with in the work that you do. Yes, exactly. And it gives us a real advantage because um, we, for example, with Medicaid, we all know what the, uh, all attorneys know what the law is. Everyone agrees on it. It's public. But um, caseworkers get to, we don't know what, what manuals and policies they follow. We don't know how they analyze circumstances that are in front of them. Whereas with SSI, we've got a real advantage because we know exactly how they're trained. We know what they're told to do when they're looking at a particular type of transaction. And so it allows us to stay ahead of it. And the folks at PLAN are very familiar with the POMS and really um, are very thoughtful about how funds are distributed and managed. The ability to, to, to anticipate, in other words, changes in the law and also changes to certain individuals situations. And I think the fear that people have is basically if they're not being careful and they sign in the wrong place or don't re-up at a certain point, they might lose benefits. That does happen. Absolutely. The the rules are really designed to trip folks up. I mean, these are very expensive (laughs) programs. And so they make it as hard as possible to get on there and to stay on there. So the advantages from your point of view to having a professional trustee-like plan, what are they overall? I would say the biggest benefit is what we've talked about, uh, the uh, getting eligible for benefits and being smart enough uh, to make smart distributions and maintain eligibility for benefits. I think that's a priceless service that plan provides. Um, and also as a professional trustee, they're responsive. If when a bill comes in, they pay it promptly. Unlike maybe if you have a family member as a trustee, they've got a, a family, they've mm. got a full-time job. A plan has someone there nine to five who can pick up the phone, answer your question, make sure a bill is paid. Um, and they can also advocate for the beneficiaries. If they're entitled to a service and they're not getting it, the social workers and case managers at plan will get on the phone and um, and fight for them and make sure they get the services that they're entitled to. Something they've been doing for 50 years, I might add, which is a pretty nice anniversary. Can you uh, share with us a story? story or two about uh, how it works, an attorney's point of view. Just give us a couple of examples. Sure. Um, I think a scenario that I think really demonstrates plans value with respect to a third party trust is, for example, a scenario where um, you've got a, a, a family with an, a, a, uh, an adult child or a um, teenage child who's reaching adulthood, who maybe has some uh, mental health issues and some behavioral issues. Often there could be some um, combativeness and some behavioral challenges that go that go along with that. And uh, parents are, fa- I think the traditional notion a parent um, arrives at is, gee, well, okay, 
I'm going to have the sibling serve as trustee, or I'm going to have his or her aunt or uncle serve as trustee. Uh, but especially when you have behavioral issues and, and mental health issues, that really is so damaging and, and destructive to that relationship between those two folks. And instead, if that family gets good advice and they think to set up a, a pooled third-party trust in advance, when they die, the funds will go into that trust that adult child is gonna have a professional trustee to say, no, you can't have a Ferrari or uh, you know, cope with difficult behavior, make sure that they're housed and comfortable and safe and making those tough decisions and keeping them on the rails won't jeopardize the personal relationships that are so valuable to, to this disabled child. That, that sibling is mm -hmm. gonna remain just a sibling and an advocate and a friend and they, they don't have to have an adversarial relationship. Michelle, as people listen to this podcast and investigate, they may say to themselves, I've got a trust in place, but I'm not happy with it. And what you're talking about sounds appealing. Do they have options? Can they, they change the trust they have, either close it down or just transfer assets into a pool trust, let's say, with a trustee-like plan? Absolutely. And that happens very frequently, especially with a third-party trust that was established um, or a family trust that was established for a disabled person when they were very young, mm -hmm. often if there's a family trustee, by the time this person reaches age 60 or age 70, that family member may no longer be around or they may be disabled themselves and, and not able to serve. And it's a great opportunity for that trustee to say, I'm ready to resign and I'm going to turn this, either the management of the trust itself over to plan to take over as trustee, or they may be able to actually take the assets out of the trust and move them over into a, 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 um, an account, a trust account at plan. Mm -hmm. And then uh, plan can just step in seamlessly and, and begin serving as trustee. It's very rare that an estate plan isn't tweaked along the way because grandchildren come along, uh, people leave the family one way or another. For folks listening, they should know that it's a very fluid situation and it's not a problem if you have to change something. I think that's right. And often trusts in the benefits eligibility world are designed to be irrevocable. But I don't think someone should assume just because a trust is called the so-and-so irrevocable trust, that doesn't mean that there are no options. Uh, you may be able to, just like I said, maybe you can take the funds out of it and put it into a trust at plan. Maybe they can take over or there might be ways to modify that trust. So I think it's always worth talking to a professional if, if you find yourself with a trust arrangement that is no longer working. I know it's very special to people who work at plan. What does it mean for you to help these folks? I think um, for me, it's really about enabling people to have dignity as they go through their lives with disabilities. I, most programs, and it's just the nature of the beast, most programs are designed for us to become impoverished before we're eligible for benefits. And there's very little dignity in living uh, on $900 a month in, in public housing. And having a pool trust, even with a modest amount of money in it, gives people some freedom and dignity to go to the movies, to maybe own a car, live a, a more full life. And I think mm. that's something that um, it's something to be proud of. And as we've said over and over again, there's that sense that it's concrete, that it's not going anywhere. It's very, very safe, very foundationally based. I think that's true. And in fact, you, you mentioned the Palms. Uh, Plan has the distinction of actually being mentioned in the Palms. Uh, they have been recognized by the Social Security Administration as a pool trust that, that qualifies with all of their rules. So um, it's a very safe choice for a disabled person. Well, Michelle, we appreciate your time today and all the fine work that you're doing for 
clients of Plan and others. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jordan. It was really a pleasure. We want to thank you for listening to the Plan for Special Needs Trusts podcast, presented by Plan, the Planned Lifetime Assistance Network of Massachusetts and Rhode Island. Plan is a 501c3 nonprofit company where the goal for every one of its clients is always to preserve assets, protect benefits, and live well. For more, visit www.planofma-ri.org. We invite you to subscribe, download, rate, and review this podcast. And thank you for sharing it with others. Our plan is your plan.